Dude, hi. You're gonna give me some pie. Welcome to the PieCast, serving up an extra slice of the strange. Hey everybody, and welcome to the PieCast. <laughs> I'm your host, Mandy, and this is sort of, I guess, going to be a new adventure for me, as well as you. Um, I wanted to do a podcast about paranormal, supernatural things, um, unsolved mysteries, conspiracy theories, all that sort of good, strange, creepy, weird stuff mixed into one giant pie, as it were. Um, It's going to be a little bit different. It's not going to be like a super serious podcast. It's going to be, you know, fun and have my little quirky feel to it. Um, So this being the first episode, I just kind of wanted to explain a little bit about that. Um, I'm going to have weird news stories on, um, talk about stuff that sort of I've experienced some paranormal things I've experienced in my life and just other, you know, stories I find interesting, unsolved mysteries, creepy happenings, those sort of things. As well, I'm going to have conspiracy theories on with a special conspiracy correspondent, so that will be coming up on a later episode, and just sort of general weird strangeness, as it were. So this being the first episode, I kind of wanted to go into um, a little bit about an experience that happened to me as a kid. Um... When I was probably about, I want to say maybe about 12, 11 or 12-ish, my friend and I, there was this park by our house and we'd play, you know, play in the park normally and there was this giant hill on it. And for whatever reason, there was a sewer um, grate top in the park, um, kind of on the side of the hill, not like in the middle of the park where kids would normally play, but it was off to the side a bit. And it was kind of weird that it was down there and it wasn't like... A typical sewer grate that you'd see on the road for drainage or anything. It was just kind of odd to be in the middle of a park, like in a grassy area. So it was like on the side of a hill in the middle, not near the road or like kind of a path or anything like that. And so we were playing there one day and we went and happened to, you know, we've been playing there for years too. And we went and looked down in it and it almost looked like there was something like blurry that kind of skittered past. So, I mean, you know, as a kid you think, okay, it's probably like rats or some kind of you know rodent around here i mean we live in northern ontario canada so it could be you know some kind of raccoon or skunk or something like that so that's just you know what we thought it was probably and we went back to playing and you know heard a little bit of weird noises in it and it was kind of like hard to explain so it was a little bit of scratching and a little bit of not howling or moaning but just kind of like a little bit of groaning sound that didn't really sound like an animal that we'd normally hear and like I said again where we live there is a lot of raccoons and skunks um there's deer and stuff that don't really make noise there's a lot of birds and all that kind of thing so normally we're used to hearing wildlife like it's not you know we're in a major city or anything like in the town I live in you hear wildlife all the time um and it wasn't really Anything that we could kind of place or put a finger on. I mean, we're, we're still children too, so we didn't really have a lot of life experience behind us. But I mean, we'd been camping and everything, so we kind of understood what a lot of animals sounded like. So we decided we were going to go back and look in the grate and see if we could see anything more. And we didn't really see anything or hear the sound anymore, so we kind of, you know, continued on. And came back the next day again and thought we'd take a look and see if we could see anything. We didn't really see anything specific but it almost looked like there was like branches and debris in there and it wouldn't really be something that would happen because where this was in the park there was no trees or anything it was literally just you know on the side of a hill grass 
not near any trees or bushes or anything like that. It didn't really look like the sewer was connected to anything. Like if it was a sewer, it may, may have been like an access hatch kind of thing. So we went back, we looked in. So, uh, like it almost seemed like it was going to be like some kind of nest or some creature, you know, was making some nest or whatever. And being children, <laughs> our imagination starts spinning. So we're sitting there wondering like what kind of animal is living down there, you know, and we started sitting there talking to each other kind of just sort of spitballing like what we thought it could be and we just kind of hang around the hole and see if we could hear anything or see anything again and it was probably like I'd say maybe about three or four days later of us going back every day before we saw anything again and we just happened to be walking up to it and heard the sort of like weird groaning again so we ran up to the grave again didn't see anything clearly just sort of like a blur running past type of thing um, but this time there was more of like a really strange smell coming out of there. Um, and again, you think, Hey, it's a sewer. It's probably a sewer smell, but it wasn't really because there's not like water or anything sitting there. I mean, it's basically like a great over like a concrete hole in a park. Um, and you know, there was like access tunnels to it and everything too. So there's this weird smell coming from it. It wasn't the smell of a skunk. And like I said, we know what skunk smells like. It was sort of just like a like a weird low odor that you can't really smell and can't really place um not really like garbagey or pungent or anything just kind of just a strange smell coming from it and again you know we didn't really see much other than the blur and heard the little bit of groaning so we started writing like our own sort of notes for it <laughs> we go back every day and we called it the thing in the park and we sit there and you know, write a lot of stories and our ideas of what it could possibly be down there. I don't think we ever actually saw anything, you know, concrete or, or figured anything out or figured out what it could possibly be. But that sort of just kind of led to, you know, me wanting to investigate these things, basically, you know. In my life, I've always been sort of interested in paranormal and supernatural and those kind of things. And I think this is kind of like the first time I remember actually something that it was a little bit off that maybe other people wouldn't notice I mean other than my friend but I've kind of always just noticed things that other people don't seem to notice whether it's out of the corner of my eye or just something strange about a room or something feels off um I get deja vu a lot which is like doesn't seem that normal to me but a lot um and just things like that so I think that kind of is what sparked my interest in trying to you know investigate these things and see what they could be um i fully believe in creatures like bigfoot and nessie um that they exist that there's weird things out there on this planet that we don't fully understand um weird paranormal things that are happening that we don't understand and maybe even you know aliens from other planets that are visiting us we don't understand or want to acknowledge even i mean that might be a better way to put it that we don't really want to admit that these things are happening because it is scary to think of so we just you know shrug it off and say nope this isn't real it's you know there's plausible scientific explanation for these things and there may very well be but we just haven't discovered what those explanations are yet so with the pie cast that's a place for me to explore it um you know like i said in the the teaser for in the beginning pie basically could be paranormal investigations and exploration or it's just people investigating and explaining or trying to figure things out I mean it's a little bit of everything <laughs> so that's kind of what this podcast is going to be um it's going to be like some paranormal stuff some supernatural stuff unsolved mysteries that I'm interested in weird 
maybe not even necessarily unsolved mysteries, just like weird stories of things weird people do. Um, and with the conspiracies thrown in there too, because I mean, you kind of always need a little bit of conspiracies in there. Um, so again, um, that's just kind of where this is going. This is kind of a little bit rambly, but you know what? That's fine. <laughs> it's an, it's a new podcast. It's kind of a new venture for me. And I think it'll be really interesting to hear. Um, so the other thing that I wanted to talk about on this first one is another little bit of um, cryptozoology to throw that in there, which is like kind of a big favorite of mine. Like I said, I love things like Bigfoot and Nessie. And this one is actually um, close to where I live. Again, I live in Northern Ontario on the shores of Lake Superior in Thunder Bay specifically. And this is actually, there's a, a news story that happened for um, Lake Superior. So let's get into that. So this story, um, like I said, it happened um, Lake Superior, and this is sort of just a thing I found online about all the different uh, Great Lakes and weird stuff that happened with them or weird creatures. So this is a story about Lake Superior and a weird creature that some people saw. Uh, according to a sworn statement made by the Northwest Company Voyager in front of two judges in Montreal, Quebec, he and four others saw a merman on May 13th, 1782 in the vicinity of Pie Island, Thunder Bay. The merman was described as having an upper half of a human body, including head, and appeared to look childlike, approximately seven or eight years of age. Another voyager reported a similar encounter in the same locale on a separate occasion. Natives in the area referred to this merman creature as the Manitou Niba Nibes, god of water and lakes. So that just goes to show you that, you know, even in small northern lakes, as far back as the 1700s, because around here was um, fur trading outposts, um, that they come over across the lake and sort of, again, trade fur and hats and resources and all that. Back then, they were even seeing weird stuff in the lakes. And Lake Superior is a strange lake to begin with. Um, there's always like weird stuff that happens. There's a lot of shipwrecks in it. And they say it's because of the waves, um, these specific waves that come in, I think it's November usually, called the Three Sisters. And it's like a series of three waves. But there's just a lot of weird stuff that happens and I think that's kind of typical for really large inland lakes because they behave almost like their own mini ocean of sorts. Um, so that was just a good example of where I live <laughs> of one of the weird things happening and then I'm going to have more stories on that just because it's it's what I know um, it's locally as well as having stories from other people you know different parts of Canada, United States, over in England um, just stories of weird paranormal things <laughs> so um yeah and now it's time to serve up a slice of the strange today's first tale is about james warson and some of these you may have heard before but some of them you may not have so we'll just go through them anyways <laughs> on september 3rd 1873 a man named james warson had accepted a challenge to race in record time from the town of leamington to the town of coventry a 20 mile trek he had been boasting of his foot skills and then was asked to prove them. So, with sporting good spirits, he set about to do just that. Two friends, Hammerson Burns and Barham Wise, followed behind in a horse-drawn carriage. Burns brought along his camera. Worson was never out of their sight and would often turn ahead while running to exchange some friendly words with the two riders. Running in the middle of the road, Worson suddenly appeared to stumble and pitch forward, having time only enough for one short, piercing scream. Wise later said it was the most ghastly sound either one of us had ever heard. But as Worson pitched forward with that terrible cry, instead of falling to the ground as he had appeared to, or as he had appeared about to have done, 
He completely and totally vanished mid-fall before ever striking the ground. The road itself told the story, and Wise took the pictures to prove it. There in the soft dirt were Worsen's footprints. They led down the middle of the road, looked as if the runner had stumbled, and there they disappeared. A search was called, and the locals scoured the area for James. The bloodhounds used in the search were strangely reluctant to approach the spot where Worsen disappeared, and he was never seen or heard from again. So there's a nice little tale for you, creepy, back a couple hundred years there, where basically someone's, you know, running a race down a road and trip and scream and vanish mid-fall. And I think that it's extra creepy that, you know, they would have been following behind him and that there's no, you know, the ground doesn't show like someone had actually fallen. I mean, I don't think they would have had time to, you know, wipe away all that before, you know, letting authorities know. And the fact that the bloodhounds used in the search didn't want to kind of go near the spot and were sort of creeped out by it kind of uh, lends a little bit more credence to it. So there's a nice little short, creepy tale of the strange for you. And our second slice of the strange is one that I've heard of before. Um, Most of these I've heard of, but here's one that you may not have heard of. (laughs) It's called Devil's Footprints. On the night of the 8th and the 9th, February 1855, and one or two later nights after a light snowfall, a series of hoof-like marks appeared in the snow. These footprints, measuring one and a half to two and a half inches wide and about eight inches apart, continued throughout the countryside for a total of 100 miles. And although varying at various points, for the greater part of the course followed straight lines. Houses, rivers, haystacks, and other obstacles were traveled straight over, and the footprints appeared on the tops of snow-covered roofs and high walls which lay in the footprints' path, as well as leading up to and exiting various drain pipes as small as four inches in diameter. There were also attendant rumors about sightings of a devil-like figure in the Devon area during the scare. Many townspeople armed themselves and attempted to track down the beast responsible without success. Recently, on the night of March 12, 2009, although it's not so recent anymore, (laughs) more strange marks corresponding to those left in 1855 were again found in Devon. These new footprints are shown above in the picture, which you're not going to be able to see because this is a podcast. So there again is another creepy tale uh, for you. I mean, devil-like hoof footprints found in the snow that kind of go in a straight line up roofs and across walls and, you know, in through a drain pipe and everything that's just a little bit beyond creepy for my taste um that's definitely a, a pretty good slice of the strange i would say well that'll do it for this episode of the podcast i hope you've enjoyed your slice of the strange i want to give a shout out to recap the band that provided the music that i use for my show and say that you can check them out at recap band on twitter as well as you can find me on twitter at the Pod. And find me online at thepiecast.com and on iTunes and Stitcher. Just search for The Piecast. And also, I'm a proud member of the Pottern Family Network.